0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome in to Inside Carolina's live post game. Carolina Falls at Pittsburgh, 76-74. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Greg Barnes. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Feels like Carolina let one get away up there at Pitt today and it seems like this will be one that you talk about come March um, when there's discussion about who's in the tournament and who's out of it just felt like a lost opportunity today
2: yeah I agree I mean it was really it was really a game where uh, because of the holiday break because it was on the road because it was a noon game uh, if Carolina had been able to win this one, You'd call it a good win regardless. Uh, and, and they started the game exactly the way they needed to. That 11-3 spurt uh, quieted the crowd a little bit. And they were really in control of this game for 30 minutes. Uh, and then then Pitt was able to really rally in you know, the last 12 minutes of the game. And, uh, you know, they, they pulled away late. Carolina made it interesting. Caleb Love heaves up a three with like six seconds left. And it ends up being a two-point game. Uh, but but certainly, I mean this this is one, how good is Pitt? Eh, we'll, we'll see. Three in the conference right now. I mean, they played today without uh, one of their better players in, in John Hughley, who gave North Carolina fits in, in Chapel Hill last February. Um, but you're given the status of the ACC right now. This may not end up being that bad of a loss with it being on the road, but we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, watching the game, Greg, and I'll freely admit, I came up here after Pitt went up, whatever they went up, uh, after they went up seven there. I came upstairs and started getting ready for this show and then had to go back down and watch the end after Caleb threw that shot in. But it just felt like a game where Carolina was in control. Uh, Pitt, was, Pitt was there, but Carolina was getting the ball to Baycott. Baycott was dominating, finishes eight uh, for 14, 22 points, 13 rebounds. And, and And then they just quit. It's like they couldn't couldn't have nice things and Baycott I think touched it three more times twice in the paint um, and allowed Pittsburgh to get going and get it tied I mean I think Burton Burton's line speaks for itself but why did Carolina go away from what works you got you got experienced guards you got an experienced team it's mystifying to me I agree with you and
2: you know Pitt was playing physical and I know people may not like some of the, the calls, but look, when there is a talent disadvantage, then the way you offset talent is you you try to bully them. You try to be physical. And that's what teams are going to do against North Carolina. that's been the case for a long, long time. Uh, and for whatever reason, Carolina has, has really struggled in that regard. And Baycott uh, missed some some opportunities close to the basket. Uh, was there contact on them? Yeah, sure, of course it was. Uh, but they do. They after you not having success in the post, they're they're so willing to kind of go away from what works, and I think that's the problem. I mean, if you look at the the second half box score, uh, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, Leaky Black were a combined one of twelve up until the last three that Caleb hit with six seconds left in the second half. Nice. Uh, That's not good. That's not good from your starters. Now, not having Pete Nance there at the end, we'll have to see exactly what his issue was, certainly hurt. But when you're not getting any really legitimate production from your guards and your wings, and you're having to pound the ball down low, and Pitt can really just collapse on Baycott, that makes it tough. And uh, that was really kind of the the story there late, Tommy, is that Carolina just struggled uh, incredibly to to find points. They shot 33% in the second half. Uh, it was twenty nine percent before Love's three and and Nichols uh, lay up there at the end. So just a tough offensive second half for the Hills.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, um, and and we talked about this a lot last year. And I've always pointed to the Virginia Tech game up there that Baycott had had enough of getting bullied and getting pushed around. He threw down a luma, um, and, and you know the rest is pretty much history. They they lost that pit game, but they still made the run felt like this game might be that way because Pitt was doing that and they were they were um, getting inside Carolina and, and forcing them into that and it just it, it appeared that that's what was going to happen right when they're up nine and then yeah for whatever reason um, let, let's talk about the guard play and, and all these post games I know folks like us to break down player by player um, but I think you can really bunch the guards together here um, and, and we can do love in RJ Davis. To your point, overall, they were seven for 20, which is not terrible, Um, but again, two for eight from three-point range. At some point, Greg, if this team has any chance to be anywhere near, because right now they're a shell of last year. I don't care who's on the roster, Manic, Nance, it doesn't matter. They're a shell of the team they were late last year, and it's mainly because they just cannot shoot three-pointers when it matters.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right, and uh, Adrian Atkinson, uh, I think the terminology he used w- was gravity when speaking about three-point shooting last year. And you could really see that play out throughout the course of this game uh, because when you when you have a Caleb Love like last year where he got hot kind of late in the year, and then Brady, who was a really good three-point shooter after the first month of the season, well, when those guys get the ball in the perimeter, you have got to race out there, and you cannot afford to crash down to give those guys open looks. Uh, that just is not happening right now. I mean, there were a number of plays, especially in the second half, where the ball would go down to Baycott and Pitt could crash down on him. There'd be three guys around him. And there really wasn't that concern that, hey, if the ball goes out to Leakey, are you really upset if he takes a three? Um, And with with Caleb and RJ not shooting so well, I mean, Love right now shooting 28% from three in the year. RJ's at 31%. Um, And Pete, you can make the case Pete's probably the best three-point shooter on the team, and he, he's not like a Brady Manic-type you know, volume three-point shooter. Uh, and so it just makes it tough. And when teams know that Baycott's going to be your guy, um, what do you do? And that's where you have to be really good defensively. You have to be able to force turnovers to get out in transition. Carolina's really not doing that. Uh, and so it just kind of presents a problem where you've got to run a lot of set plays. And they did run a number of set plays and had some success. Uh, but Hubert Davis has got to figure out when teams understand that you're not shooting the ball great from three, uh, you really only have one option. So how do you switch that up? And how do you figure out a way to get some other guys some good looks?
1: Looking at the box score. um, And obviously when you're watching a game, you can tell it, but you've got uh, Leakey played 30 Pete Nance played 29. Baycott, love and Davis once again, 35 and up, um, which I just think is too much um, for this time of year.
2: Well, and Love and RJ both played 20 minutes apiece in the second half.
1: Oh, yeah, and that that's asking for it again. Uh, I mean, that blueprint was laid last year um, where we saw at the end of the season those guys were dead at the very last, you know, in the last game of the season. But what do we think about DeMarco Dunn's 20 minutes? Yeah, I was a little surprised back from injury. Um, Puff Johnson, you know, played two minutes, had three fouls. You hate to see that because this his homecoming game. Uh, but I was surprised that Dunn played as many minutes as he played tonight. And Pitt, quite frankly, took advantage of him on the defensive end um, every opportunity that he got, whether it was with Burton or Henson or whoever. Um, is he the guy that's going to have to step up and be the number one guy off the bench it, it, and now uh, instead of Trimble, instead of Puff Johnson maybe? Uh,
2: it, it was interesting. I think some of that too was with with your Hughley being out for Pitt. Uh, you lose your your primary big guy. And so they were going small at times. And with Burton's ability, I mean, he's a big guy, but he, he really does a good job kind of facilitating and, and he can run the offense um, as, as a big forward. Uh, and so I think Dunn was really in there. And granted, Nance was, was out too late in the game. Uh, to really give them a, a small lineup. Um, you know, Love and RJ is going to be out there. So it was really a matter of, hey, let's, let's go with Dunn as kind of that guy on the wing. Uh, and I agree, he's, he really is more of a, a, a straight two. I mean, he's not really a guy that you can kind of pencil in at three. And Burton did a good job kind of taking advantage of him when he had those opportunities. Uh, it is kind of fascinating. Um, I really thought you – know, we've seen in recent games Hubert showing an ability and a willingness to play more guys, more minutes. Um, we really didn't see that today, you know, other than Dunn. I mean, Trimble had five minutes, Nickel had seven Uh, Puff only with with two. Um, But if he thinks Dunn's their best option as the number one guy off the bench, uh, you know, that could be somewhat troublesome. Um, I I think, yeah, I think there are other guys uh, that maybe can give you a little bit more of a spark. And so I just kind of thought the 20 minutes seemed like a lot. I think DeMarco can bring you some things. Uh, He didn't make the three pointer, but it is an interesting dynamic of of what Hubert's trying to do. And look. We've seen Hubert over the last year and a half. He'll play somebody off the bench a lot in one game, and they may not play much at all the next game. So it very well could be a situation where he saw a matchup that he liked, and that's why DeMarco played as much as he did.
1: Yeah, and it's no slight to DeMarco Dunn. I mean, he's doing yeah. the best he can, but Pitt found a matchup that they liked when he was out there, and that was their bigger, you know, huskier guards going right at him. Another thing I watched – Greg and I want to get your take because we don't really talk basketball a ton, you and I. But Leakey is the lockdown guy. I didn't see him switch to Burton until Burton already had 26 or 28. Maybe I missed some of those matchups earlier in the game, but at that point, Burton's cooking. Um, you got a 31 point game and you go 14 for 17. I mean, nobody's guarding you. But wow, I was surprised that Leakey didn't switch on him until late. And to Burton's credit. When Leaky did switch late, he took Leaky straight to the basket too. Just an interesting. It was interesting all around. It felt like everybody had a Christmas hangover in this one for North Carolina, but specifically on defense.
2: Yeah, for sure. And um, you would assume. And granted, he's had some good games. I think he scored twenty four against State. Uh, so, so he he has bought out. He's a good player. I mean, he's he's a big physical guy. He can dribble, like we've talked about. Um, but he really kind of took the game over. And so you would assume in that situation that it would be leaky and nobody else on him. But because of how, I mean, Henson's a big guy too. So Pitt just had some big physical guys who could handle the ball. Um, and Carolina doesn't have a lot of a lot of size. I mean, they just really don't. And so I think it makes it a, a challenge in terms of, yeah, clearly you want leaky on this guy, but how do you match up otherwise? Um, so I, I think that just proved proved to be a problem for North Carolina defensively. And I think the Tar Heels did a pretty good job defensively, especially in the first half. Uh, Pitt has really done a good job this year scoring off the three-point line. And they only shot, what, 20% today? So I thought Carolina did a good job kind of running them off the line. But the number you, you don't like to see, and this has been an issue uh, this year, last year a little bit too, but Pitt outscored Carolina 42-26 points in the paint. Um, When you got a guy like Baycott, you just hate to see that kind of number.
1: Yeah, that that is unacceptable, Uh, that that Baycott Baycott should have 30 in games like this, at least. And uh, Pitt's starting
2: starting center tonight, uh, Federico, he scored four points. So it wasn't like Baycott's uh, uh, counterpart was doing a lot of damage.
1: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Their starting center had four of the – 42. 42 in the paint. That tells me a couple things. It tells me that the guards aren't keeping guys out of the lane and that there is no interior There, – there is no Windex man or, or glass cleaner or whatever you want to call it inside for Carolina. Um, well, and that includes Baycott sometimes. Right,
2: and what Pitt did is what a lot of teams are going to try to do. And what we've seen some of the other er, earlier teams do it. Alabama did it some. Uh, but if you're able to to get a step on your defender on the wing – and you get into the paint, because Baycott's really the only guy down there, he's going to shade over, and then you can kind of dump it off. And Pitt tried that a lot. Now, is not very good, um, and so he had some opportunities that he really kind of blew. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's kind of the approach. If you can get by your defender on the wing and force Baycott to help over, you're going to have a lot of those little dump-offs where you have some abilities to score. And that's, that's some of what Pitt was able to do.
1: Yeah, and then the drives by Burton and Henson had a good game as well. Just you know, Carolina's got to get that stuff figured out. Let me let me read you a stat that somebody posted on our post game thread, Greg. Already, um, UNC 0307. North Carolina's loss to Pitt drops Tar Heels to nine and five, per ESPN stats, which could be our guy, um, our IC intern guy, Brian Ives. Right. The only right. the only other preseason number one team in the last forty years. To lose five of their first 15, or first, yeah, five of their first 15 is a 01 Arizona team. No other preseason number one team has had more than three losses over that span. We're setting records that you don't want to set, but wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's not surprising to me, to be honest.
2: Yeah. I mean, the stat last year um, was that Carolina lost. Uh, had lost as many games by twenty or more points in a season, uh, as it had since I think the o two o three year, the eight and twenty year, um, and that team still went to the you know, national championship game last year. Uh, yeah, look, it. This is one of those teams and we've we've talked about it a lot, Tommy. Um, you, when Kayla Love is on, Carolina is going to be tough for anybody to beat. When he's not, uh, and teams can really collapse down and, and frustrate Baycott, is going to be in a lot of these dogfights. And I think one of the things you saw today, and I, I think it's a problem for North Carolina, is when you have a guy like Burton. I mean, where was Pitt going the last three minutes of the game?
1: Straight at that matchup.
2: They were, they were giving him the ball out front. They were going NBA style, four out, one in, and letting him try to break down whoever was defending him, and it, it it worked well enough for Pitt to be able to win the game. Carolina doesn't have anybody capable of doing that right now. Um, you, you would think Caleb could be that guy. He just struggles so much to finish on drives. Um, if he has any contact whatsoever, he, he just really struggles to make a shot, um, which, which is which is a problem. And so Carolina is forced to have to come up with a lot of plays late, and you don't have a guy who can say, here, here's the ball, good score for us. Uh, and, yeah, you can pound it down to Baycott. Baycott Baycott has the the size, Uh, but when when teams are throwing two and three guys at him, it just makes it difficult down low, and so uh, Carolina is just – we've seen it, right, where where they've had leads second half of games this year and are just not able to keep it up, and some of these games get away from them, and I think a lot of that is just really a, a struggle to score in crunch
3: time. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive twenty percent off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/audio. Visit ixl.com/audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Yeah, to to that point, what what I mentioned right out of the gate, Baycott gets a dunk. Uh, goes Carolina goes up fifty five forty six with eleven fifty five left. Baycott has three points the rest of the game. It's a layup to put them up 60 to 58 and his free throw later. Um, Carolina uh, until Caleb love and Nichols shot had one. They went, and this is always live stats. It's great. Four 15 all the way to six seconds left without a basket. They were free throws, but not a basket. And, and I just think, I think at some point you have to say, do not shoot unless that ball goes to Baycott on the block and, period that's the only hope they have now granted leaky's got to finish i mean leaky's 6-9 and he drives to the basket and, and almost you know whiffs a, a layup those can't happen caleb and rj need to make some plays uh, but i just think it was a disjointed game from the start and, and carolina um you know pittsburgh give them credit give give the Capel brothers credit even though they're not the, they're not the most likable folks to to pull for, for for North Carolina fans for obvious reasons. but They know how to bully up Carolina and they know how to win games like this. Um, they did it last year. They did it this year. Greg, going forward, Carolina Wake Forest and then Carolina Notre Dame next weekend at 1130 in the morning. I'll be glad when we get back to some normalcy. But anyway, um, where's this team go? Somebody said, can they make a sweet 16 or a lead eight run? I think at this point, um, if they make the tournament, absolutely. There's an if there though, a big if, I think.
2: Yeah. One thing I want to throw in there, Tommy, Carolina missed, uh, eight layups today, according to the official box score, uh, 11 of, of 19. So, uh, some of them were bunnies, some there was contact, but, uh, yeah, you, you've got to, you got to do a better job than that. Um, you know, this team is what it is, uh. The, the further along we get in this season, Tommy, I think the more it becomes clear that, that Carolina just went on an incredible run last month of the season last year. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. It was an exciting time for, for all North Carolina fans. It was, it was fun for us to cover. Um, but I think a lot of people just ex- expected that, hey, okay, this team went on this great run. This is who they really were. Now it's just going to carry over. And this is going to be a dominant team throughout the course of the year. Uh, and it just hasn't hasn't been that way. Uh, they, they had a, the miraculous close against Ohio State, which is a big win for them. Um, you know, as I said, I, I think this game would have been a, a pretty good win for them, just given the circumstances. Uh, I'm not ready to say it's a bad loss. But these are certainly, I mean, Pittsburgh's going to be borderline Q1, probably a Q2 game by the time the, the resume uh, is important in another month or two. Um, but, the ACC, how it's set up, there's not a lot of really good teams. I mean, I think Miami's good. Uh, you know, Duke, we'll see. Wake, we'll see. Uh, Notre Dame should be better than they are, but we've said that for a couple years in a row. Um, you know, I think Virginia's good. So there's a couple good teams where you can score some good wins. I think the problem is, it's kind of like the pit game last year, is if you lose some of these games some of these teams, especially maybe at home, that can really hurt you more than some of these wins can help you when it comes to seeding. I don't think there's any question this team is going to make the tournament. The problem is, is what are we talking about seed line? Um, you know, they benefited last year from uh, knocking out the number one seed. And I guess you could try to go that route again. But if you're talking about ending up being a four or five or even a six seed, that just makes the opportunity for a, for a deep run that much more challenging. Um, so I think it's one, and two, this team is one and two in conference play, uh, not the start they wanted, but there's an opportunity with these games coming up. I mean, with, with wake and Notre Dame and, and Virginia, if you can win those games, I think you're perfectly fine uh, because after that, that becomes some games that you can win. I mean, Louisville, BC, NC state, Syracuse, uh, those teams don't scare anybody. So the opportunities in front of them, but they've got to do a better job of of finding offense and creating offense for some of these guards. Uh otherwise, your Carolina is really going to be middling and it's going to be middle of the pack come tournament time.
1: Yeah, it just seems so it's so tough for Carolina to score like well like we talked about earlier. It's tough for them to get easy baskets or there's one go-to guy that they can go to. That's what they've got to figure out have to develop. That's what Caleb and RJ and you know, Pete Nancy even need to step up and provide some some relief for Baycott down there. Right,
2: and here's here's another stat just to throw out, Tommy. Um, RJ was 4'11, 4 of 11 shooting, but he was 7 of 8 at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I know two of those were off the technical, uh, but he, he was doing a good job of trying to get into the lane, even though I know he got blocked once and missed another one, but trying to get into the lane and uh, you establish contact so he could get to the free throw line. Love didn't shoot a free throw today. Uh, so, I think more of that, and Leaky was 4-4 at the line. So I think more of an attacking style would help as well. you got to be aggressive going to the rim. That's that's a very easy way to get points. Um, and I think they have to do a little bit better job of that if the three-point shots are not falling.
1: Yeah, I mean, and somebody said, you know, Leaky got fouled on the layup. So, uh, I mean, everybody you get fouled on every play. I mean, the refs – you know, that charge call early in the game was probably one of the worst ones I've ever seen. That,
2: that was hysterical. It really yeah. was. Um, I, mean, I thought
1: the guy was joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, I mean, beyond that, you know.
2: What did Roy always say about Tyler? He said Tyler would go up and, and get smacked in the face and elbowed in the throat and score. And then he'd look around and he'd see the the ref blowing the whistle. He'd be like, what, somebody found me?
1: Yeah. That's you how got you got have to be. Yep, you got to play with that mindset. And yep. uh, like Dewey always says on these post games, good teams beat bad refs. Well, Carolina's, right. Carolina's somewhere in between. Uh, at well, Excuse me, Wake Forest at home on Wednesday, 9 o'clock. Uh, and then Notre Dame in Chapel Hill, 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. And then at Virginia, at Louisville. An interesting stretch here. You start losing games that you had in the bag, and you, you force yourself to have to win – and the pressure mounts to have to win. It'll be interesting to see how Carolina reacts to Wake Forest, who so Wake Forest is a pretty good team. Wake Forest beat Duke, and so that is not a gimme. ACC, no matter how bad the ACC is, rarely are there gimmies in the conference for whatever reason. Greg Barnes, Tommy Ashley. It's been Inside Carolina's postgame show. On a Friday afternoon, Carolina loses the pit, 76-74. We'll be back. Plenty of podcasts this week at Inside Carolina, and check out all the content. All the football content and everything you can imagine over at InsideCarolina.com. Thanks, Greg. Yep. Thanks, Tommy.
0: Okay. Picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better